Did you hear what said said? Did you hear what said said? And here we go. Thomas. What's up, man? How you doing, brother? I'm good, dude. It's good to have you on. Yeah, it's about time, huh? Yeah. You were supposed to be one of my... Which one? Uh, one of the earlier ones, and it was going to be uh, almost a little rushed, but, you know, things happen. Couldn't make it happen. Now we're making it happen. Yeah. But you're here, and we're doing it, man. I'm, I'm so ha- I'm actually really happy to have you on, dude. It's This is going to be fun. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, so getting into it, let's uh, start off with a little bit of a background about you. So for those that don't know who Thomas Morgan is, who is Thomas? Well... Thomas has uh, changed drastically over the years. Like, there you go. <laughs> as as you've known, you've known me since we were very small kids, and mm-hmm. you know, young Thomas was a very hot-headed, very egotistical person, very full of himself. And uh, now, I think Thomas, at least in my opinion, is more like humbled, more grounded, not so hot-headed anymore. He's not constantly angry all the time. He's He's more sure of himself in the sense that he knows who he is. He knows what he wants to go towards now. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm slowly going towards the goals that I actually want to set forward to, or set for myself. Right. How'd that all start? So when you're, let's go back to, uh, so what do you do for a living? So what I do for a living, I'm in the United States Army. I'm a staff sergeant now. And uh, currently... Just waiting on board results, mm-hmm. which I'll find out in early February if I become a warrant officer or not. Yeah, uh, I know for the vast majority of people, they probably won't know what that is, but it's a it's like a it's an in between grade between enlisted p- personnel and then off uh, commissioned people, which are like officers, which you're currently like most people are accustomed to seeing like captains that kind of stuff okay. seeing in movies. Yeah, a uh, warrant officer are, are in between the two. Um, they're they're technically more sound or technically proficient that's what they're supposed to be for they're supposed to be you're more technical than enlisted and you're more technical than officers officers are more towards the administrative side policy uh-huh. like management so i guess like to put that into a uh, like a more understandable term is like that would be like your like your regional manager of a show okay um and then your like enlisted people that would just be like your your clerks your your operators your your secretaries that kind of thing mm-hmm. and you know the a warrant officer would fit into where that's like your like a like maybe like you're like your your CFO type thing it's more of like you're specialized in an area mm-hmm. and that's what a warrant officer really is okay well what area exactly is a specialty um, so they vary so every like specialty in the army like we call them MOSs mm-hmm. and um, my MOS currently is I'm a 25 hotel um, breaking that down it's a uh, basically a jack of all trades master of none that's kind of like how we kind of have uniforms right now they're known to be that mm-hmm. we are originally I was originally at 25 Quebec and then recently as of October they converged a bunch of the MOSs in the military for the communications field and they put them into one MOS to kind of not have 
you know, you just have people who run cables like a 25 Lima, mm-hmm. or you just have Quebecs who are supposed to be uh, multi-tra- multi-transmission systems maintainer operators, long title for normally STT operators. We work with satellites to connect them to another satellite so we can get tactical internet. Yeah. Um, kind of mesh this together to where we have we're supposed to be able to do a little bit of everything mm-hmm. and uh that's where i'm currently at mm-hmm. well what i'm going for in one officer it's uh, called a 255 november and they're most commonly known as like network technicians and they're the person who's in charge of like planning orchestrating and and actually creating networks for the military so we might get a mission and and they want to create like a, they want a specific type of architecture and we'll be in charge of like you know planning that and building that for them for that mission interesting so taking it back to when you first started thank you for your service by the way appreciate the support gotta always yeah always thank your servicemen um so taking it back to the beginning you were talking about how uh thomas is as it's a funny question, right? Because it's changed a lot throughout the years. Definitely. I've known you for a long time, uh, since eight years old, since we were kids. Yeah. And uh, you have changed. So you said you weren't always like that. And did the military have anything to do with that? Oh, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. And what, what, what brought you, um, well, when you were younger, prior to the military, how were you? What was your, what was your thought process like? What was your work ethic like? What were, what were some of those things that you thought that weren't, uh, what you were saying is like the bad tempers. What, what do you think was like causing that? And, you know, so I think like just to answer the, the question, like chronological order, mm-hmm. uh, when I was a kid, I was uh, very hard on myself. I always demanded, like I needed to be the best. I had to perform the best. I couldn't like, from our perspective, we were always playing baseball together. Me, you, Mike, Nate, mm-hmm. and uh, like anytime I'd strike out, uh, <laughs> w- whether it, whether I whether it was a good call, bad call, didn't matter. Yeah, I was dude. Really, really hard on myself. I like, remember. I did like I never wanted to be out. I always wanted to at least get a base hit, and then like if I didn't, it, it just seemed like it was like the end of the world for me. Yeah. It just seemed like. Didn't, it didn't like nothing can console me i was in my head it was you're not good enough you're not gonna you're never gonna be good enough if you can't hit off this pitcher who you know isn't the best and you know that you're that you've ever faced and you can't even hit off of them then what makes you think you can you're gonna make it mm-hmm. and uh i just feel like i always had like that like that, that me being that hard on myself was what caused me to have more like more anger i was already like kind of like i'm not i don't want to really say like an angry kid but i never really was it was just that like because i was hard on myself i became more angry and when i became angry i just kind of like lashed out i kicked out of like multiple daycares because like i would just let my temper get the best of me and i was like really short fused kid Mm -hmm. and like the smallest things would like make me angry whether it was you know i was playing with a toy and another person took it away and i just felt like you know this is mine mm-hmm. even though you know it wasn't but 
because I was playing with it, it belonged to me. And if somebody took it, then it was like they were taking something from me and I would lash out at them. And sometimes I get physical, sometimes I wouldn't. Sometimes I would just get angry and like go hide under a, a blanket or something, but be so mad I would just cry. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it's uh, I'm glad I went through it because mm-hmm. you know, now that I have kids and I see that sometimes they have like those temper tantrum type things, like it's easier for me to deal with. Mm-hmm. Kind of um, see yourself a yeah, little bit. I definitely you know. see myself. It's definitely hard to teach the kid out, the the, the you out of your kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know, but yeah. I I'd imagine there's people who can relate to that. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, yeah um, going forward, um, I really started to really change, and I was because of the military. Um, when did, when did you join? I joined right out of high school. I graduated in May, and I left in July. Uh, what we were eight, uh, 17. Were you 17? I was, I had t- already turned 18. Already turned 18. Yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah, I joined right out of high school, like two months after, or uh, yeah, two, three months after graduation, and went off to bait training at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's where it really hit me. I still, I went into basic training with the same type of mentality that I always had. It wasn't as bad as when I was like 10 or 12, and, you know, sometimes a little bit younger than that. But I was still very hot-headed and mm. very, like, you know, I had to be the man. I had to be, like, the toughest of the, the person there, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I went there, and uh, I got humbled pretty quickly. Um, yeah, so basically giving, like, a brief backstory of how it happened is, you know, one day our entire t- company got in trouble, mm. and we were made to sleep outside. And I was already asleep by the time we were instructed to grab all our, grab our mattress, grab our blanket, and grab our, our rifle and our camelback, and we had to go outside. So we uh, we all went outside to the square, and we had to find a place to sleep. And I was, you know, complaining and, you know, just, you know, really just complaining for no reason. I mean, we, we got in trouble for less, and I didn't complain, but mm-hmm. that night, you know, just tired already doing a lot of exercises, going here, going there, whatever that, that day entailed. And uh, one of the people that I went to base training with, he uh, told me to stop complaining and use some other words in there too, but mm, right, right. T- told me to stop complaining and I just took it personally. And uh, yeah, we got into like a little scuffle. Well, it's the words, um, if you don't mind saying them, so you can be a little bit raw to it so people understand that it ain't all so pretty because it's your story you yeah. know what i mean this is what changed thomas because these people don't know who you are and uh the person that y'all they're they're seeing is a a person who understands himself and who has worked on himself a whole lot and uh has you done a 180 dude uh as we pretty much most of us all have right Definitely. so um so what walk us through that little conversation so you're Y'all are uh, outside. Y'all are told to go outside, right? Yeah. And to like, what was the purpose of that to be uh, to go outside? So the the real the whole story is mm-hmm. is um, and I was trying to keep it PG as well. I wasn't saying the whole thing, but yeah, go for it because the people need to understand like this. This is what happens. Yeah. You know, it's not all sunshine and ra- ra- roses. Definitely not. So, because uh, you you had back then it was like uh even when we would go play in the field and go play uh football or something you know like pratt and them like and it was like 
you know, you, 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 you were just barely competitive, you know what I mean? And then if things didn't go your way that we would feel the attitude, but we all obviously just boys, egos, pride, testosterone, all that stuff built mm -hmm. up. But then, um, yeah, yeah. So go, cause like, you know, a lot of people go through that, you know, and, and they don't do something about it. So you join the military, you're, you're there at on how long we are there at this time when this happened? Uh, probably like around like week three, maybe week so three going into week four. So you're in the third, fourth week, you know, you're coming from, you know, this, this reality of world and you decide to hop into the military and now you're here. You got some guy telling you, y'all need to go sleep outside. And I don't think most of us would like that. Yeah. Um, and so you're having an issue with that and then go pick it up from there. All right, so yeah, we were instructed to go outside because one of the the bays was not clean. They were instructed the day before to make sure that 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 bay was clean. Yeah. When the sergeants walked in to do their checks that night, it wasn't clean. Brought everybody outside to sleep outside because that was going to be the punishment if it wasn't clean. Right. So we instructed to go outside. Did they tell you that? Yeah. Or, well, y'all just know. They told the it was the female barracks, so they told the female bay, hey, you know. If it's if this isn't clean, then you know every the entire company's gonna sleep outside. Mm -hmm. and th they didn't tell the rest of the platoons that like the females were broken up into each. Uh, we have four platoons. Mm -hmm. Females are broken up into the four platoons, but only females sleep in the female bay, and all the males sleep in all the other bays. Okay, gotcha. And so they told the females that inside their bay, but they don't tell the rest of the platoon that because doesn't really apply to the majority of the formation. It's not your place. Yeah. You're not going to be there anyways. Yeah. Uh, me yeah. as a male, I couldn't go into the female if bay you... and clean it for them. Right. So they were told to clean it. They didn't clean it. Mm -hmm. Or at least it wasn't to their the drill sergeant standards. They didn't actually tell us what was wrong or anything like that. But it wasn't to the standard, so they made everybody sleep outside. Right. So me and uh, one of the guys in my platoon, we were outside. I was complaining. And he told me, stop complaining like a bitch. Like, and like I said, I took it personally. And uh, when I said we got into a scuffle and things got physical, I put my hands on them. I pushed them, pushed them down. And I was going towards towards him to, you know, get on top of him and start, you know, throwing punches. Mm -hmm. One of my drill sergeants walked up to us, and he was a drill sergeant on the desk that night. Mm -hmm. Came up to me, grabbed me by the shirt, pulled me away. Brought me into, like, the drill sergeant's, like, little house thing that they have. Right. It's, like, in the middle of everything. Right. And uh, he told me, he's like, he's like, you know, because you got physical with him, I could have you arrested. Like, and I, I mean, me being at the time, I was still angry. Like, I just didn't care. Like, I was just, ups I was just <laughs> could imagine. Yeah. I knew you. I knew you at that point in your yeah. life at that time. So I could imagine. Yeah, you probably didn't. Yeah. To you, consequences were just like whatever. They were an afterthought. Like, yeah, it's like when I was okay, angry, and? that's the only thing that mattered to me. Yeah, was me being angry. Mm -hmm. And um, he's like I said, he uh, he went inside the little house and he sat me down and he was like you know i could have you arrested yeah and uh he told me he's like but you won't be you wouldn't be going to like just a regular jail yeah you'd be, you'd be out of the military but you'd be going to a military jail mm -hmm. and he told me he was that you know the reason why he wouldn't call the military police or mps just in case i say mps later for mm -hmm. any reason but when why he said he wouldn't call them is because i reminded him of himself um, and just to give a little background about this drill sergeant, the entire, the entirety of my uh, my basic training, he would smoke our platoon every single day. It didn't matter because I wouldn't have my uh, my 
my patrol cap or my PC parallel to the market. Yeah, when service. you say smoke, what do you mean for people who don't know the terminology? So when I say smoke, I mean that he would make us do push-ups, sit-ups, uh, flutter kicks, front-back goes, um, the eight-count push-ups. Like if you, if, you, if you can name an exercise, we were doing them. And it was because my PC was not parallel to the marching surface. And I would have other people check it. I, I would have the entire male bay check it. And they'd be like, yeah, we're good to go. Let's go. We'd form up. He'd literally call us all to attention. We'd stand there. He, it wouldn't matter where I was in the formation. He would walk straight to me, look at him, be like, still not good enough. Was this before or after the incident? The entire time. Didn't It was before and so after. So before and after, he was always just constantly yeah. like, if y'all out of uniform or even if your uniform was checked you look good everything looked good y'all double triple yeah. quadruple checked Doesn't he was matter. still like no y'all did it wrong punishment yeah. or it's one of those things where it's just like you know breaking you down building up to you know being you know conformity i guess is the, i don't even know if that's a word but uh, i mean almost in the sense of kind of what you're going through now like just to see to weed out the ones who are who, gonna yeah. who wants to be there who does who yeah pretty much yeah and uh yeah so like i said he was even with all the the pc not being parallel that kind of stuff he told me he's like you remind me of me whenever i came into military he came from puerto rico he was a uh, very hot-headed mm-hmm. uh, very stubborn it was everything was about him and he said that he saw a lot of me and like a lot of him and me and uh, mm-hmm. that you know he was gonna give me this chance but you know there was no more like you know either act, get with it or get lost mm. and um yeah it's just once i once i calmed down and i went back outside and i laid down on my bed and i was just remember staring up and we were under like a like a, a tin roof or whatever so i mean i wasn't looking at stars or anything but i'm just looking up staring at the <laughs> ceiling mm-hmm. and uh yeah, i was just thinking like man like you know one day you know one day my actions are gonna are gonna get me in some serious trouble that you know i might not have a escape for mm-hmm. and uh yeah it just that was, really was the moment where it kind of just hit me where, like i kind of need to you know get my act together and i mean progressively throughout my time in the military i've just you know kind of let my anger like go it's really not worth being angry and getting myself in trouble mm-hmm. and yeah i might feel satisfaction for a very short time because you know i got my revenge or whatever the case is right but you know, that's short-lived for, you know, who knows how long of a consequence. It could just be something as in, you know, I get kicked out the military, or it could be something as serious as, you know, you go away to prison. And, mm-hmm. you know, really no actions are really worth that type of consequence. Right. So right. that's really kind of how, like, that's that was really, like, the defining moment, at least in my opinion, that's kind of made me go from being, like, super hot-headed young kid to more towards what I am now mm-hmm. and so and who would you say that you are now I would say now uh, I'm just I'm more humbled I'm more I'm more driven to actually obtain the goals that I set for myself um, before I always had unrealistic goals and expectations for myself mm-hmm. like I said I would always want to be the best I had to be like the toughest I had to you know I couldn't I could never make a mistake Mm-hmm. And couldn't even just strike out in the game without getting angry. Mm-hmm. Now I realize that, you know, yes, I might have a really high goal, but there are certain steps I have to take to to even 
you know, really make moves to get there. Right. Like if I want to go run a marathon, I'm not going to be able to just be like, oh, well, I'll just sign up for the marathon on you know January 15th. Mm. And I've never ran that type of distance a day in my life and go out there and just run it. Mm-hmm. You know, not many people can do that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so there's some. That's how you used to think. You used to have to, to yeah. like in a metaphorical sense, you used to have these unrealistic goals. Yeah. And then almost that like, you like didn't. Almost like a God complex. You didn't, you didn't understand which is what a lot of people do. They don't understand that there is a process and you need to enjoy the process more than you enjoy the result or the success. And and it's funny because um, I think it was the Philadelphia 76ers. They kept saying, you know, you got to trust the process, trust the process. For years. It's still the process. Yeah. And I, and I was always like, that's dumb. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like trust the process, what process it hasn't worked for you yet. So what's the point? Yeah. And then, you know, as I've, I think I've even matured even past, you know, puberty and that kind of stuff, but I've matured mentally. I realized that trusting the process, you know, it's not, you know, it, 1% better every day is an actual thing mm-hmm. where, you know, I might not, you know, I might set a goal for myself on, you know, let's just say midpoint of the year in July, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm, yeah, I might not hit it, but as long as I do what I need to do to tr- at least, you know, work towards getting it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hit it in July. I might hit it in August. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'll hit it in December. Mm-hmm. But, you know, slow and steady progress will still get you there eventually. And that's the the thing that I think I really needed to learn the most from, you know, when I was a kid to now. And I, I really think that even if I was to be able to go back to, you know, eight, 10, 12 year old me and sit down and try to have a conversation with him, he wouldn't be ready to, you know, receive that message. Mm-hmm. Cause it took, you know, years of getting angry and having these issues and seeing consequences that, you know, did happen mm-hmm. for me to realize that, you know, you know one day I'll, I'll get into a situation that I can't get out of. Yeah. And I think you need to be in a right mental space and a right in the right time to receive a type of message than just being able to be like, oh, yeah, I wish I could go back and tell myself that just do this and you'll be okay." Because I don't think that's really something that most people would actually be successful in doing, Mm -hmm. even if they could go back in time and do that. I don't think their younger selves would listen. I think they would just be like, oh, this is just another person telling me some stuff that you know it's gonna go in one year out the other and i'll move on with my life and do the same thing i'm doing another elder yeah thinking he knows best yeah get away from your grandpa yeah yeah like, what do you know i know the world i know everything i have it right at the fingertips now you yeah. know with the with phone and stuff like what are you gonna tell me i, I don't already know exactly yeah i agree and i think it's uh let's go to what brought you to so that's the defining moment that, you know, kind of sparked. And r- thankfully, you, some people would have been in that and would have stayed the same. You know, somebody, some people would have been like, yeah, whatever, man, I'm still sticking to, I mean, you're only three or four weeks out of high school. Oh, well, not three or four weeks. You're already about a month or two out of high school, three to four weeks into the military. Uh, some people don't take that smack in the face, which were all presented at a certain point in time, Mm -hmm. everyone is all presented a choice that smacks you in the face like that. 
and how you take that punch and decide what are you going to do with it you know um for instance like not to take to like to that extent but like for a cheater you know like if you get caught cheating on your wife after however many years like and she forgives you and says hey whatever you have a decision and what decision are you gonna make you're gonna for, you know forgive yourself and not hold on to it and then go live the right life and live for that person or you're just gonna keep being that that person there's a lot of like instances right uh that hit you and it's like are you ready to change your life are you ready to turn this this uh turn this around because god more or less in my eyes god is, has presented you with this um whether it was present whether god is known and present in your life but life is giving you a decision to make all in all and you took that route of you know looking up at the 10 you know looking up at the stars right gazing into your thoughts of it made you humble yourself and really think how do I really want to pursue and continue my life? What do I want in life? So with that being said, what brought you to go to the military in high school? You know, what, 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 what was like, Hey, I think I want to go to the army. I think I want to join. Well, I think it's more for me. It was more like, it's like a family tradition type thing. Okay. Um, it's not like deeply ingrained in the family, mm-hmm. but all the people that I've had in in my family per se quote-unquote uh, they've all joined the military my uncle joined the military my mother joined the military uh, my great uncle joined the military mm-hmm. um, even previously before them the majority of the males in our family had joined the military mm-hmm. I think it was just one of those things where I didn't really enjoy education um, I wasn't bad at it I just never like as most kids, I never really applied myself to education, mm-hmm. um, so I didn't really see the necessity in me going to college right away because I didn't really have a a true like goal in mind of like this is what I want to do, so this is how I'm gonna go study type thing. Right. I feel like I would have been like another general student of going to probably San Jack or whatever, getting a general de- general studies degree, and then trying to figure out what I wanted from there. Mm-hmm. But I probably wouldn't have went through with it because I would have got bored at some point. Just be like, eh, I'm not gonna do this. I'll just find a job and work my way through. Yeah, and who knows where I'd be at now. But so, uh, you know, going with the, the family tradition type thing of joining the military. Mm-hmm. I was uh, 17, and it was right at the end of our junior year, may- maybe the beginning of our senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was starting to think about what am I gonna do after this. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to go to UT or UTSA or wherever they're going to go. Right, right. And um, I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I was like, I'm going to join the military. So I went up to the, the recruiting station over in Deer Park and uh, went in there and took like a little practice ASVAB or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, yeah, you, you could do pretty well. Let's we, we need to take you up to MEPS. The ASVAB, it's a... Uh Explain what the ASVAB is. So the ASVAB, um, I actually don't really remember what it actually stands for in general, mm-hmm. but um, the ASVAB is like a benchmark test of like general knowledge for people to, like you're going to cover like math and English and reading, you'll cover like mechanical stuff, mm-hmm. um, it covers like a broad range of things. It's the armed service vocational aptitude battery it's a multiple 
aptitude batteries measure developed abilities and helps predict future academic. Yeah. And that test, like, it's graded, like, in a weird way. So, like, you mm-hmm. get different, like, line scores are what they called. And um, the one that's, like, most important is called your, G- your GT score. Okay. And your GT score is a, is a mix of your, your reading, your English, and it's one uh your arithmetic mm-hmm. and i know m- math and arithmetic are like very similar but on this asvab they're broken up separately so w- when you take it it's bro- like you have like a math section it's like general math you have like arithmetic mm-hmm. like slightly different math and then you have like your reading section yeah and those three scores are combined and that's what creates your gt score okay and your gt score is normally what most MOSs like they have like minimum scores for you to be able to like uh, like at this time apply for that job. Right. So at the time I only I only had a when I took my when I went actually went up to MEPS and I took my ASFAB I got a 104 GT score. The normal Army standard type thing for like you to be able to do basically anything you want is the, a 110. I wasn't far off, but I just wasn't there. To be honest, I didn't really understand uh, the importance of this ASFAB. Mm. Um, it really wasn't like stressed to me, like, hey, you have to do really well on this for to give yourself opportunities. And if, which I ended up learning later on in my military career that uh, you need a 110 for certain things, like becoming a warrant officer. So <laughs> I had to go would've back. Would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah, would have been nice to know that. Yeah. yeah. I had to go back and teach myself like 10th and 11th grade math and try to remember what like parallelograms were and Mm -hmm. teach myself all that kind of stuff yeah but like but like you said what if you now went back to that 17 year old self and told him hey you need to get a 110 on that thing because you might want to be a warrant officer one day or whatever yeah that 17 year old would have been like let me just do the test to get out of here here, (laughs) don't you know who you are i gotta go play games like yeah yeah so (laughs) so yeah um yeah i got a 104 um, GT score. Yeah. And they, they offered me like quite a few MOSs and a few of them that, you know, I was like, I don't even know what this is. Mm-hmm. And they offered me like this, um, uh, like water, like it was basically like a boat opera. Like when I say operator, I don't mean like I'm the one driving the boat, but it was like basically like a, a boat operator, like maintainer. So like I said, they offered me this, uh, boat mechanic operator type thing. Mm-hmm. Don't even remember the name of it or what the MOS was anymore. But I remember looking and I'm like, I, I can swim. I just don't really see the like the reason why I wouldn't join the Navy is because I don't want to ever find myself stuck in water. Like, if I'm gonna get stuck somewhere, I might as well have my feet on the ground if I can, you know, run get somewhere. In water, you don't really have that option. Yeah. So I was like, definitely not for me. Um, so they had offered me, um, what is it, thirty five Mike human intelligence collector and i thought that sounded really cool human intelligence collector i was like what is that and um they told me like oh well basically like you're gonna spend a lot of time like deployed or in infantry units where once you know people are either detained or captured you'll be the the one to like you know basically get the information from them or out of them xyz interrogation yeah, and that's how I took it. I was like, oh. I get a waterboard somebody? That's how I took it. I was like, man, that sounds great. 
And uh, I was like, I'll, I'll do that one. Yeah. He said, okay. And um, of course, at this at this time, like I said, I was uh, I was still 17, so I had to have my mom come and sign for me, saying like, you know, she gave permission for me to join. Mm-hmm. So we went all the way up to MEPS. I went through the whole process of you know getting the medical training, getting blood drawn, and X Y Z. Right. And um, I went to go sign the contract. And as the contract's in front of me, I remember looking at it, 35 Mike. And I'm like, cool. Like, let me just go ahead and sign this paper. We'll move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, the lady says, actually, hold on. I was like, okay. And she says, your background just came back because they had to do a background check because 435 Mike, you need a top secret clearance, which means you have to have a background check. Even for secret clearance, you have to have a background check, but certain things are like acceptable. Okay. And me being 17, I still had a fight on my record from like the seventh or eighth grade. At, well, seventh grade, because I was still in Miller. And um, yeah, because of that fight, because I had to appear in court, mm. I could not get the top secret clearance. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's how I did not become a 35 Mike. Ten years later, and that bit you well that was when you're se- oh, yeah, sorry not was, 10 years uh i was thinking seven um seventh grade plus five yeah, probably like 15 five, so years. yeah so six years later sorry I, six years later and that bit you yeah wow I, didn't didn't occur to me didn't even occur to like my recruiter or anything like that to think like hey because it's a ts yes and yeah you know they're gonna ask about you know this on my record and uh so I had to leave MEPS, called my, when I got outside, I called my recruiter, he came and picked me up, went back to the MEPS station, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, so what's, like, what's next? And he was like, well, he's like, you could wait till you're 18 and reapply, because then you won't be, you know, a minor, and you, you, you won't have to worry about it on the, the background check. Okay, because it starts over. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was like, okay, like, that sounds fine, like, I'm, I don't. I was still 17 and I was still like, you know, I still had the whole senior year to go through. Yeah. And he was like, the only thing is, is if you wait, that job might not be there. Like the slot for you to take, it might not be there. And I didn't want to like risk anything. So I was like, okay, so what other jobs are there? So he showed me a lot of the 25 series, which is what I ended up going with anyway. But um, mm-hmm. he showed me like 25 Bravo and um, they're more like, automations like your help desk personnel and um, just keeping it a buck with you I told him the same thing I told him I don't really think that's for me because the only thing I knew about computers they were for YouTube and porn right <laughs> <laughs> just keeping it a buck with you so okay yeah, yeah. if you want to edit that out that's fine you're me. good man I you know, hey like I said, I'm it, it's it a, a raw thing you. yeah go for it so yeah, yeah 25 uh, 25 Bravo was not for me uh, he showed me November, and November. <laughs> I'm so sorry, <laughs> Thomas. I love you, dude. Hey. Just because you're always like that, you're just like, like honestly, bro. That that's not you. You'll straight up say, "Hey, that's just not for me." <laughs> like I'm not even. I, even if I wanted to, I could never. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I told him. I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna that's keep so it real funny. with you. Computers uh-huh. are really for YouTube and porn. That's all I know. Like, yeah, I don't know how to work with computers. I don't know how to like, you know, click buttons you're 17, and do all man. this stuff. Like, yeah, yeah." 
I wasn't like a you know prodigy hacker. Like, thinking about like routing and stuff like that, yeah. it was just like not even a, a thought any, to most seven know. to most seventeen year olds. You know, it's it's not. You yeah. know, so it's, it's yeah. So he showed me November, which is more about networking and that kind of thing. And I told yeah. him I was like again, don't know anything about routers, don't know anything about switches, don't know anything about firewalls and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Foreign concept, right? Not for me, right? So he showed me twenty five Quebec, and what it looked like was basically like you're just sitting in like a shelter and you're just like doing like you're messing with radios or you know flipping switches and that kind of thing and i was like looks easy enough it gets me in the door and you know i'll just work with it from there mm-hmm. he's just like yeah he's like if you take this one he's like once he's like this is where he, like the recruiter part of him got me and like mm-hmm. i said i'm gonna keep it a buck with you he got me with the, one of the most famous recruiting lines which is you know once you do this then you can switch. You can get your thirty-five mic after a year of being in the army. Mm-hmm. Sounded really good. I was like, oh, only after a year. I'm like, I don't have to spend like nine weeks in basic, and then I spent another uh, thirty-three weeks in AIT, which is Advanced Individual Training for being a twenty-five Quebec mm-hmm. that I was signing up to be. Mm-hmm. And then I can go do that. I was like, well, I'll basically I'll get there. I'll go to my first unit and just be like, hey, I'm I want to be a thirty-five mic, and I'll go do that come to find out that's not how the army works you don't just you get you can't just wait a year and go you have to re-enlist to become a different mos or you know a different job um but nonetheless i signed up to be at uh, 25 quebec and uh that's how i really got into the it field was i went to be a 25 quebec thinking i was just gonna flip switches and plug different things in here and there and mess with certain radios and yeah that was it interesting yeah nice that's led you to where you are now yeah so now uh i guess became a 25 quebec went to um fort jackson south carolina and then from fort jackson south carolina i went to ait and i was at fort gordon georgia there for a long time due to uh an alcohol related incident um it's a story for another time way too long to talk about right now yeah yeah, yeah. especially with uh you know the time already okay um but um was there for a long time and then got orders to go to hawaii three straight times and because i was a holdover at fort gordon all of those orders got kicked back yeah and then on the fourth time when i finally got released from my like my punishment from the uh, alcohol related incident Mm -hmm. then I got orders to Fort Hood, and hmm. went to Fort Hood, and did a rotation into uh, South Korea, over at Camp Casey, right near the DMZ, it's like 20 minutes from it. So you're in South Korea, and then where'd you go from South Korea? Uh, from South Korea, because it was a rotation, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a, a piece, like, it's not like I, like, left Fort Hood and went to South Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like, our whole brigade from Fort Hood went, so we rotated back to Fort Hood, and then... I uh, re-enlisted, and I went to um, Grafenwehr, Germany, and that was in 44th uh, Expeditionary Second Battalion. That was, uh, like I said, that was in Grafenwehr, Germany, and then about two years after I got there, the the battalion moved from Grafenwehr to Baumholder, Germany. So basically went from East Germany to West Germany, all the West. And, uh, yeah, spent some time there, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Germany's a beautiful country. Um, really didn't like the unit. Um, they had really good 
uh, processes and policies in the unit, but the leadership was uh, god awful. Mm-hmm. If you can think of toxic leadership, that was for, that was my time, at least my time in forty four days to be. And then I left. I was literally one month away from ETSing. I didn't want anything to do with the arm anymore. I was burnt out. And the unit. I'm not military sounded. ETSing as I'm assuming what uh, you just say, the, like getting out of it. Yeah, it's just getting out of the arm. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I was fed up with it. Like that unit just burned me out. The leadership there just destroyed my my, my will to want to stay in the military. Yeah. And um, it was honestly my wife that uh, you know, was just like you know. Basically, give it one more shot. Like, let's uh, let's go, let's get back to the states, and you know, if at least then you can be in inside the states whenever you're getting out. That way, you're not having to like go back to the states and then try to find a job. At least if you're getting out, you're already here in the states. It's easier to network yourself and try to get a job here in the states because mm-hmm. I'll be coming back here anyway. Um, so I was like, you know what, that's fine. So I was like one month away from ETS, uh, you know, getting out of the army, ETSing, yeah. uh-huh. and uh, I reenlisted. Was this your? Uh, is this current? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For those that don't know, I have been married twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, to my first wife, I had uh, my first son, and then we divorced, and now I'm with my current wife, and my last wife, guaranteed. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she is. Gotcha. So she, because I, I figured I, when you said told me to stay in, that sounds like something she would say. <laughs> like yeah. she ain't gonna let you. That's what I, yeah. I, I love about her, dude. She 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 yeah. holds you down. Yeah, she she she, she makes sure that like w- if I set a goal for myself or if she sees me like slipping up, even in like simple things, it's not really a goal, but it's just like hey, I'm like I'm letting myself go or X Y Z. She's like hey, like you know, get shit together. Yeah, and y'all met when? Uh, we met in Germany. We met. Uh, about two years, two and a half years after I was in Germany. How long were you in Germany for? A uh, total of four years. Mm-hmm. So about two and a half years. This is after your rotation in South Korea. Yeah. So right? after a Korea, because I, I got to Germany in March of 17. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So yeah, I met her in 19. How'd y'all meet? Uh, we met. Uh, she was coming to the unit out of AIT. So she was coming out of uh, Gordon going to Germany and uh that's how we met she was slated to go to the same company I was in mm-hmm. and yeah, that's how we met nice and then y'all have been married for how long now uh we got married in nine yeah 19 2019 yeah so actually I think she got there in 18 then because mm-hmm. we went through a December so yeah she would have got there in 18 18 yeah I think late 18 and uh, your experience with that, how's that been going as far as, so you, you, you've been, um, you had your first wife, you got divorced, you had a kid with her, mm-hmm. and then now you, you're on your final <laughs> wife. Yeah. And so with, because uh, I know in the military, well, from what I've heard, like in the military, that happens yeah. uh, often. What benefits, if there are any, uh, to... I guess not just marriage in general, but with being married in the military, is, was that like a big thing? Was that reason why, or was it just more or less like a obviously like a love thing? Or that was so the benefits of being married in the military for those that don't know are if you are E five and below, 
So if you are a private, private first class, uh, specialist, or sergeant, mm-hmm. uh, if you get married, you get what's called uh, BAH, which is basic allowance for housing. So they give you money to basically like pay your rent with. Mm-hmm. And it's all, that's all based off of your zip code. So whatever zip code you live in, it's calculated and they say, hey, the average rent in this area is X amount of dollars. So that's what they pay you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, uh, you also receive BAS, which is basic allowance for substance. And uh, when you're in the when you're in the barracks, they take three hundred sixty-five dollars from you uh, every month, and it goes towards the DFAC. And the DFAC is the the dining facility. Um, when you're in the barracks, you can go into the DFAC for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and they have uh, food for you. Like they the cooks cook it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily great at the food, but you know, you eat. It's you know, yeah. I'm not gonna say it's free. You're still paying for it, but you know, but you, yeah. it's there. Mm-hmm. Right? It's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, but me being in uh, when I was a uh, e- when I was a uh, lower enlisted, as in uh, you know E four and below, I was a specialist and below. I was uh, I, I like most soldiers. I hated the barracks. Uh, I didn't like sharing. Like we'd be in a room, of, you know maybe this room and another half of this room mm-hmm. so not a very big room well this is a huge room yeah nah just playing <laughs> but i mean as in like for sharing it with two people it's yeah. not a lot of space like oh, absolutely not and yeah like even if you were to you know extend this room out and create the same size of it for you know when you're front like it's your first time out of the house like from mom and dad like you want to become like independent you don't want another person who may live like a slob and that's is the case for a lot of soldiers is that their barracks roommate like they not the cleansiest you know and not the most clean person in the world yeah and that's the hard part of having to deal with it and there are other options that a lot of soldiers do um go towards right. whenever instead of getting married a lot of them they find people that they like and they you know this to get an apartment together and then they just know split the rent or whatever the case is Mm -hmm. Um, but me I wasn't thinking like that I just wanted out of the barracks fastest way get married and that's how I met my first wife Uh, we met through a mutual friend when I was in AIT Mm -hmm. we had talked for a while and then I flew her down to Houston and then for like two three months after that we got married Mm -hmm. we were married from 17th no a little bit earlier than that. I think it was like 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we were married from 2015 to 20, yeah, to 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's how we met was I wanted out of barracks. And it was, it was like a, it was a win-win because I got out of the barracks, but also got to be with, be with somebody that, you know, I liked and that, you know, I ended up loving for, you know, quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, good things did come of it. Yeah. And, I mean. You got your first son. Yeah, got my first son. Handsome boy. Yeah, beautiful baby. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, and then, yeah, well, after we got divorced, uh, it's when I, uh, shortly after that, I met my wife. And, yeah, as, for that, that was, like, like, from the time I met her, like, I just knew, like, that was, that was the one. Yeah, and that one like wasn't about the benefits. It wasn't about any of that. It was about like, yeah, this is the one. 
And uh, oddly enough, you know, when I was a, a very young kid, we were, me and my mom were sitting in the car. I don't even remember where we were driving, but I remember having this conversation with my mom. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about marriage because I, uh, we were listening to KSBJ. It's the gospel uh, station here in Houston. 89.3. 89.3. Yep. And uh, KSBJ Houston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, somebody had called and they were talking about their marriage. Mm-hmm. And that this was their like this was their second marriage, and that like, they were happier, and that there was nothing wrong with their first marriage, but they just like they just weren't I guess they weren't ready for it, mm-hmm. and um, you know half listening to it, you know half staring out the window. So my mom was like, "I'm gonna get married twice. I don't know why, but I just know I'm gonna get married twice." And I don't know. It just seems like you know younger me like. Maybe look into the future or something. Maybe I was raving small for a little bit, but yeah, yeah. It seems like that was that's it. Cause I definitely don't ever see myself without without Lori. Yeah, absolutely. She's I don't either. Yeah, I'd talk some sense into you if you ever tried otherwise. Yeah. And now you have two beautiful babies with them or with her. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's a that's a that's a lot from. And uh, your upbringing, um, you didn't quite grow up in a in a household where it was like a normal, would you say, quote unquote, normal household? Yeah, either. I, I grew up in a, a a single parent household, just my mom. And uh, yeah, I didn't never really had a, a father figure like per se. Right. I had father figures that like like I had my grandfather who died when I was very young mm-hmm. and uh once he passed away, I've never really had like a strong male figure in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and how how old were you at that age when he passed? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say I was like five or six. I was pretty young. That is young. He took me to my first Astro game, and this was still in the Astrodome. Wow. Yeah, Amazing. I went. I went to go see the Astros and the Diamondbacks. I remember. I remember falling asleep in the fifth inning. I was so young. Like, I was young. I fell asleep at many Astros games. Yeah. I was ready to go by like the 6th, 7th. Yeah. Didn't even make the stretch. No. Yeah. Wasting all that money. Yeah. I, Went- remember, I remember I was like so excited. I was like screaming the whole game. Yeah. And the next thing I know, knocked out. Yeah. Um, he actually died, I want to say it was exactly seven days after that game. Wow. Yeah. Took me to my first game and then he passed. And yeah, that was really the, the, the only real male figure I had in my life other than that it was just like you know maybe I would like see like maybe a coach or something that maybe I wanted to like try to be like but I was young and I never like coaches you know always come and go so yeah never really like stuck but I also realized that I didn't finish that last part that that we were just on so yeah I went to Germany Mm -hmm. and then once I re-enlisted, I came back to Fort Hood, and mm-hmm. now I'm back here again. And that's where you're at. That's where I'm at. And now you're doing the warrant officer thing. Trying to. How many out. years? We haven't even said. How many years have you been in the military? So I've been in nine years. In July, we'll make ten. Ten. And you're re-enlisting. Technically, no. No. So with warrant officers, it's it's not an enlistment. Right. You said that. It's, it's not technically a commission until you hit chief warrant officer two. Okay. So one officer one, and so when I say one officer, 
doesn't matter if you're a W01 or if you're a chief warrant officer too, because there's a difference between a warrant officer and a chief warrant officer. Okay. Um, but warrant officers, like I said, they're not, and I say, but they're not commissioned. A, a W01 is technically not even an active duty. They're just on active duty orders. They're actually a part of the National Guard, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they, like you, like if I get accepted and I go, to, uh, once I go to WOCS, which is the Warrant Officer Candidate School, if I make it through the five weeks and I graduate, uh, I'll get my DD-214. It'll take me out of, you know, being enlisted. And then I'll come in as a uh, National Guard warrant officer, and but I'll be put on active duty orders. Okay. And after two years, the, so the day I graduate, walks, which is a warrant officer candidate school, two years from that date, I'll become a, a chief warrant officer two. Chief warrant officer two is then commissioned. So you will then, you know, raise your right hand and you'll commission as like an officer. Mm-hmm. And that's where it turns into like, true active duty like you're always active like, it's a weird little you're not not active yeah you're not okay. not active. so you're not out of it yeah right that's what i'm trying to like. i will get like a dd214 showing that like, mm-hmm. i have gotten out of the service mm-hmm. but by the time i retire right when i'm 38 years old mm-hmm. which is kind of nice but when i retire i'll get a second dd214 so i always have to have two dd214s okay yeah Man, uh, having, it's crazy. I still remember the day, just crazy to think of where you're at now. I still remember the day. Like I said, we've all done our 180s. Some of us haven't, right? And we won't really go into that. But, you know, we've, we've done our 180s in life. And uh, I remember the day you came over to the house. Like I said, you had those, uh, forget which Marlboros they were, but you well, had... Probably, it's probably the time where I was smoking Marlboro Reds. No, you had, you it was know? a black box. It was like neon... Uh, the lights. Lights. So you had that, and uh, you come over to the house. We went under the tree. Uh, back then, the tree was still at the house. Now mm-hmm. now it's not there. We had the tree. I remember I rolled up, um, I rolled up a blunt, and I was like, you told me, you said, I'm joining the military, and I'm going to be taking off. And I was like... I even asked you, like, you want to hit this <laughs> disrespectful-wise, <laughs> you know, like, so I was like, uh, no kidding, and you're like, yeah, and I could even sense in you then, there was a different um, vision, even then, in your eyes, of like, you're, it was just something, you just, I don't know, it just seemed like you were on a path, and it just seemed different, like, you kind of had an idea of what you were going to do, and um, it's just so funny, that we kept in touch throughout the years, but you know, not much, even, even to this day, I mean, we're busy. Right. But I still consider you my best friend because, you know, um, it's, it's not, you know, we're busy, but it's like, man, if I know I need something or if I need a conversation or if I need whatever, so a pick me up or, a um, a, a realignment, you know, I got my boy there. And you have made a huge change, man. Uh, and I think, you know, with the upbringing of being a single, having a single mother raise you, which your mom is amazing, having a single mother raise you, you go through all this anger and, you know, frustration and confusion or competitiveness, all of this stuff. 
and you get to where you want to go into the military because you got to figure out, I got to do something, you know, like looking around, which I think a lot of people can relate to, especially like some of Reno's friends, you know what I'm saying? Like they're, I think Reno's like in, I think he's a junior, I want to say, maybe a sophomore, junior, horrible of me, but hey, so, you know, and it's like, um, you know, what are you about to do in life? You got all these people committing, going, figuring out where they're going to go. And then you decide that, you know, I'm going to go into the military and then just you get humbled in the military and it starts to change your attitude. And you, we, I think we started once you came back to Fort Hood or there was some certain points where you and I started really kicking it a lot more. I was like coming to visit or whatever. And I was like, damn, Thomas, like you changed, bro. I was like, what the hell happened? Like you totally flipped your attitude. You went from being quick to the punch, not really caring about much, being so, so in task oriented to like, wait, 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 let's analyze the field. Let's think about all the possibilities, all the probabilities. And then let's make a, let's make a, a, a conclusion but even then, let's still analyze like another grouping and another group. And then we'll figure out from there mm-hmm. which one's still the best one. So your whole life of like you've just totally flipped and changed. And, and even now, I remember it wasn't long ago you were talking about reenlisting or not reenlisting. And um, I don't know how that conversation went, but. I'm proud of you for wanting to do the warrant officer thing and and all the stuff you're trying to do because it's just not you're you're constantly growing and there's an end game to it you know you have a you have a plan mm-hmm. and I think that's very important for a lot of people to realize is that you got to get a plan together and just go for it because some people are in our area back home are still not in that world of like grown up yet to where they're still living life still doing the same thing they're doing in high school and then they think they're cool about it and it's just like dude go get your stuff together and start because before they know it they're gonna be 38 <laughs> and how are you gonna what are you gonna have set up in life where are you where are you gonna be at in life because by then they'll start doing what you did when you were 17 mm-hmm. you know getting it all together which back and i'm sure that did you think the whole time when you're 17, 18, all the way till now, was there ever be being away from family? Even whenever you had your um, your first boy and then, you know, you divorced, you split and all that stuff. Like, what, what's your thought process going like of like, man, am I doing the right thing? Should should I go back home? What is there for me? Like, what was your thought process like during that time? Like, should I just give up? Am I doing the right thing? So every time I've ever thought about getting out of the military and when I came back to Fort Hood this time, I was still, I was in that same mindset of I'm just going to do this next contract and I'm just going to go ahead and get out. Mm-hmm. I was just focused on, you know, getting certifications, that kind of thing. And then, yeah, you know, coming down to Houston, going out to Florida, whatever, wherever I get, you know, a good paying job and, you know, provide. Right. But it, it, every time I'm in the mindset of, I think I want to get out of the military like, I realize that like how David Goggins says it's really just my inner bitch talking. And that's because although there are a lot of things that 
are not necessarily like the the easiest on you or your family being a part of the military such as you know being away from your family having to go out to a field for x amount of days or x amount of weeks or having to go on a rotation and then you're gone for months or being deployed or whatever the case is mm-hmm. uh, yeah that's hard but your family is still going to be there for you and with the military is like there's so many benefits to being in the military that people take for granted and they think that oh well I can get out and go make $6,000 a year. Well, that's about what you're making right now with, you know, with your benefits. But what you're not taking into account is like you're not going to pay for, you know, uh, health care, dental care, or, you know, find a job that's, you know, going to provide that for you. Mm-hmm. Where in the military, I've had three children and I haven't had to pay a single penny for any of them. They've stayed my first wife stayed in the hospital for three days and it wasn't in a military hospital she stayed in a civilian ho- uh, hospital sitting there for three days not a single penny was spent um with my current wife was um we had uh aria here in the states again uh four days i want to say in the hospital four or five days yeah five days because uh, was a c-section and uh five days in the hospital not a single penny um uh, our our son was born in Launstall, Germany. Not a single penny. So, I mean, right, there's many benefits of being in the military. It's not just healthcare, but they're going to pay you, you know, you're not, you're not getting paid big bucks. You're not, you know, you want big bucks, you got to pick up a side hustle or something. Mm-hmm. But you're going to get paid, you know, decent money. If you want to get paid more money, you get promoted or, you know, get it a uh, you know, work towards your degree, either, right. get, you know, there's active options to go two years and then go to, uh, get paid to go to school, finish those two years, finish your degree and then commission, become an officer or you can go, um, uh, green and gold. I want to say is the, the, the name of the, the changeover, but you go straight to officer after you go OCS. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think OCS is the that one, and Green to Gold is the first one I talked about, where you get your two degree, uh, your two, you finish your first two years, and then go to school for the last two. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that's how you can make more money, or just get promoted and uh, enlisted. Um, you're, but you're also gonna get, you know, like I said, housing. Uh, if you get married, even if you don't get married, once you hit staff aren't, you're gonna get paid BAH and BAS. Mm-hmm. It's no longer taken out of your check. Um, like I said, medical-wise, everything's paid for. I, I've had two ACL surgeries. I've never paid a single penny. Been to years of physical physical therapy. Never a single penny. Nothing that has ever happened to me or my family have I ever paid a single penny for. And those are some of the benefits to it. And it's, those are something that I don't have to like pay, you know, co-pays or pay a health insurance company for. Yeah that I'd have to pay outside of the military. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I might be making sixty-five, $70,000 a year right now, like on paper, on my W-2, but I'm also have, not having to pay for a lot of Anything. things that yeah. a lot of people have to pay for. Yeah, and, yeah. You know. But even what's this been, how many years, eight years in the military? Nine. Nine years, sorry, nine years in the military. I mean, look at somebody who went to school, yeah. right? So, and I'm not knocking anybody who goes to school, yeah. but and they I take out. They touched on the benefits of the school portion, which is, yeah. you know, I finished my associate's degree. I might've finished it years after everybody else who went to college from our, you know, graduating class, you know, did, mm-hmm. but 
I haven't paid a single penny for my associate's degree, and I'm working on my bachelor's, and I still have not paid a single penny for it. The military covers it all. Not to mention that even when I get out, I'll still have the post-911 GI Bill, and then because I enlisted in Texas, I'll have the Hazelwood Act, and the Hazelwood Act pays for 100, and I want to say it's 120 credit hours of school, mm-hmm. and that's from the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. And then the post-911 GI Bill pay for more college. Right. Again. And how much debt do you get from that? Zero. It's, um, you pay into your post like, I had to pay into my post-911 GI Bill for the first year I was in the military. Mm-hmm. But your first year, you're in basic and AIT. You're not seeing that money anyway. All your money, it's like, like your, your like, time is so structured in your first year mm-hmm. that, like, you go to the DFAC with everybody else. You go to the deep uh, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, once you're done for the day, you're just ready to go to bed to wake up and rinse your pee. And that's like your first year in the military. Mm-hmm. So after that, like, you know, you're done paying into it. So now yeah. you have access to it when you get out. And um, after 10 years in the, in the service, you can actually transition those benefits from you to your kids. And since I'll finish my degrees and have my certifications, that's what I'll do when I retire is just transfer my you know, educational benefits to my children. So now my kids won't have to pay anything to go to school. Yeah. And that's if they even want to go to school, if they want to join the military, you know, hopefully they join, you know, maybe the Air Force or Space Force, you know, a little bit easier lifestyle. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, if they want to they're going to be smart kids. So I yeah. imagine. Yeah. You know. Yeah. They definitely won't get a 104 on the GT score, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But because of that 104, they're going to have a higher one because, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not like you had it below. Yeah, um, yeah, you, yeah it's, it's very important. It's uh, the educational benefits to that. You're not paying a single penny on certain things. Yeah, your, your income may be what it is, but really in reality, it's not exactly what it is when you start doing the actual math on it. Mm-hmm. And then you have no debt. Uh, which most people will take out a huge debt for a status to go to A&M or UT or wherever, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not knocking it at all, but I'm just saying that now you're X amount of dollars into debt, and I'm not saying that, hey, you should have just went to the military because it's not for everybody. It's really not. But what the me- I guess what the message I'm trying to get across is if someone, you know, is listening who is a younger person or in that kind of state of where they don't know what they want to do, um, these are the benefits to why if you have no idea what you want to do with your life. Because mm-hmm. I promise you, there's nothing here. It's all about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good. You said you had your family, right? You got your family with you, and that's pretty much all you need. Yeah. The real friends are going to be there for you and they're going to be around. They're going to make their impact in your life always. They'll always stick out throughout the years. But back home, that's why I told you and you told me like you were thinking about, um, you know, getting out this recent time. I was like, Thomas, there ain't shit back home. Like these people aren't doing. I mean, I don't know. But like it's like, dude, there's nothing back home for you. Okay. What you're doing right now, it may seem a little whatever, but you're my boy. I'm always going to come. I'll make it to where I come see you shit move back to Germany I wish so I can go play out there <laughs> you know I don't want you to but like you know I'll make it you know whatever um because you got that foundation of friends and then you have your family and not only that but you have yourself you know what I'm saying it's what works for you and what you're wanting in life 
and now it's your kids and that's your big purpose and you're setting all this up and it might have been hard for a long time because it's like man i'm am i missing out on the parties am i missing out on the clubs Mm -hmm. am i missing out on like you know this or that i I, life could be people post on instagram and at the time snapchat and that kind of stuff thinking man like instead of being out in this field standing up at the stars and i'm just working 16 hours straight you know i could have been over there doing that yeah but what is that yeah for for what one night of fun right and just to do the same boring thing again over and over again every you know unfortunately they're going to be 38 or 40 working and then you'd be retired choosing to work Mm mm-hmm uh or you'd be doing what they were doing at a younger age and everybody's like well i want to do it at a young age it's like eh, well not really these are the foundational years our 20s are the most rawest form of our years yeah. and uh, i think you and i are learning that and uh before uh, I'm, i i want to get into that what's uh you got that up you've been having it up yeah. i've been staring at it a little bit here and there yeah what's that about man all right so I'll show it to the camera. Just for yeah, the yeah. Uh, watching. You want me to put it up to this one? Uh, okay. Sure. Go ahead. You can talk about it. All right. So this was uh, taken a few months back. And uh, this picture is on my Instagram. It is also on Cedric's Instagram. And Cedric's the one that posted it. And this is uh, really the reason why I uh, really decided I really needed to get my life together. So after my uh, my first ACL surgery, I gained a lot of weight. I was at 175 pounds before the surgery. I was uh, running probably two to five, maybe sometimes eight miles a day. And they weren't like consecutive. A lot of them were just like, I might run two miles in the morning and four or five miles in the afternoon or whatever the case was. Yeah. But uh, I was like in really good shape. I was doing jujitsu every day. And uh, yeah, so I looked good. I was like real thin. And uh yeah, after the surgery, I got, like, really down and, like, on myself because, like, the pain I felt from the surgery itself, like, it was awful. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't wish that mental, like, hardship on anyone. Like, and that might sound weak for the people that have gone through ACL surgery and that kind of stuff, but my my ACL surgery, at least for me, was, uh, was really hard on me mentally. I didn't like that. Like, it was hard for me to get up. I was also given... To be fair, I was also given some instructions that weren't correct. Um, I was told that not to move my leg uh, after the surgery until I had my first physical therapist appointment, which was 10 days after my surgery. Um, and it came out later that I was actually supposed to be moving my leg the day after, sur- like the day after surgery. I was supposed to already start, start trying to move and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I had my leg locked out at, you know, a straight lockout in a brace for 10 straight days. And, uh, that caused uh, some some uh, some damage to the knee. Uh, I still, even to this day, I cannot um, fully straighten it out, and I can't fully bend it all the way back anymore. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, I gained a lot of weight, ate a lot, and now like eating was my way of like finding comfort. Um. As soon as I would just like, I didn't want to do it. Like as soon as I felt like I just didn't want to do anything, I just wanted to like just relax, whatever. I'd go eat like an entire box of you know mac and cheese or something like it was like my calorie intake was ridiculous. Yeah, I would get like the um, I don't know what the, I don't know what the brand is, but it's like the tub of icing 
you know, for like cakes. Yeah. And I could just sit there and eat the like the tub of icing while I was like playing video games or something. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I got ridiculously good at video games. However, <laughs> like I was getting ridiculously fat. Mm-hmm. And um, as I was like starting to get further and further away from my surgery, you know, starting to get back to being able to run. Um, that's actually about the time this picture was taken. That was about a. Uh, that was January 2nd, 2021. So that was shortly before my second ACL surgery. Hmm. And um, Crazy. January 2nd? Yeah. Wow. That's two years tomorrow. Yeah. Dang. Right? Yeah. It's so, funny how life has changed. I remember just looking at that photo. I remember where we were in life Yeah. at that time. Go ahead. And uh, yeah, so that was about a time where I really started was able to finally start getting into like actually running again, not just uh, like the physical therapist of saying, you know, run for four minutes, walk for six minutes. Like I was doing 10 minute intervals, whereas like, you know, I would try to progressively get to more running than walking. Yeah, no, I remember. I actually believe if I'm not mistaken, didn't we run that week when you came? Yeah. Yeah, because I was living at the apartment at that mm-hmm. time, that one apartment. And we rent. I was like, "Hey, come yeah. over. We'll do two miles." Yeah. And, and I, I remember because you told me that you gave me this cool thing that I use now, where uh, your physical trainer, you said that would put your uh, their hand behind your lower back yeah. and kind of get you to push to feel like you have this forward mm-hmm. uh, press going on. And it was so funny because we're running these two miles, and you and I are just competitive as all get out. That's why I love you, dude. Because it's. And always I, just talking mess and those are the hardest two miles of my life honestly because yeah it, you were kicking it i was pushing myself to every extent that i possibly had because i didn't want <laughs> i did not want for you to beat me and i didn't want it to be like damn like i'm on mile and i really want to stop because like my knee is actually like truly hurting me yeah and you're just over here like damn like this dude fucking sucks no yeah it was so funny because i was trying to pace that thing and uh I was trying to pace it, and then you, uh, I, I noticed you were picking up, you're almost like trailing, like leaving me behind. And I was like, in my head, I was thinking, ain't no way I'm going to let, he's got a, he's got his ACL after I, ACL I had, surgery. I had my knee brace on during the Yes, run. you did. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm about to let him. So I was like, all right, I'm turning it on. Mm-hmm. And so I had to. And then I, I think uh, we walked it in after that. And we ended up doing uh, those sprints from uh, light pole to light pole. You try to give me those military workouts. And yeah. I was like, that's, those are. That was honestly my way of like being able to catch my breath. Those are intense. Yeah. Those are intense. But uh, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah so, wow, January 2nd, 2021. Yeah, yeah so that's short. Uh, taking a few months before my second ACL surgery. Yeah. Like I said, like we, we went out to that dinner. And uh, when you took that picture. Yeah. And when you, um, like, I didn't see the picture when you took it. So whenever he posted it, I saw it and the only like, like I didn't look at my wife, I didn't look at you, I looked at myself and all I saw was like how fat my face looked. And I was just like, wow, like you have really let yourself go. And like, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. One, it's not okay for one being in the military, but then two, it's not okay because like, this isn't healthy. Like you went from, I could run two miles in you know 14 minutes. I could hold a seven minute pace. Like at one point I was doing it. That's because, like, I was running every single day. I was doing jujitsu. Like, I could do that. Well, then, in that picture, no way I could do that. And when I saw that, I was like, hey, like, I have to, like, get my life together. And because of that picture, like, I've started to, like, 
really push myself physically to, you know, get back into like consistent running. And then it turned from consi- just consistent running to, all right, like now let's find out like what your limitations are. Mm-hmm. And when I say limitations, it's not like physical limitations. It's more of what's your, how far can you go? Like truly. Yeah. That's why when you called me when I was in Florida a couple of days ago mm-hmm. uh, on Tuesday, mm-hmm. or actually it was Monday, you called me and you asked me like, oh, like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just in Florida chilling, that kind of stuff. And you're like, oh, well, you know, I haven't seen you pop up on the, the workout. Yeah, I, ex- I asked you how is uh, the warrant officer thing going because I hadn't heard from it. And you were like, oh, it's going good. Well, it, was, it started with a text, too. It was yeah. like, you know, I'm just waiting on uh, the whatever. Hopefully I get it. And I was like, no, you will get it. And then um, I was like, because I know there's a fitness portion to it. And I remember you said that you were training for it and you're getting ready for it. Yeah. And you're on leave. Mm-hmm. And you're on leave now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I hadn't seen it. So yeah, I hadn't. I did, yeah. So I hadn't seen your because uh, we share our uh, our fitness. We share our activity on our Apple watches with each other. So for those that don't have an Apple watch um, and you have an iPhone, if you have an iPhone, highly recommend it. Get an Apple watch um, because it, it if you're looking to get into fitness, um, it that's what I use it for. And you can com- you can uh, share it to with your friends who mm-hmm. also have Apple watches. And whenever you complete a workout, it tells you, hey, uh, you know, Thomas just finished a five mile run or a four mile run, or he just finished a outdoor workout, or he just finished golfing or for me, right? Like yeah. whatever it is. So I call, I call, <laughs> you got a cat in here? <laughs> Boy, uh, I don't know what the, oh, the thing fell. Um, so I, yeah, I called you and uh, was checking in on you like I usually do here and there. And what happened? Yeah, so you called me and uh, <laughs> basically checked me. Uh, you were just like, hey, like. Wasn't trying to. Yeah. I wasn't trying to. Because, you know, like the week before I went on leave, mm-hmm. like I was really active in, in running. You like, were. I, I was running. I know. Like four miles a day. I know. I heard. And, I saw you know, it. I posted, you know, I was talking about, like, hey, like it's for walks, prep, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hadn't ran in a few days. And when I was in Florida, like I said, you gave me the call and you were like, hey, like I know you said you were getting ready for walks. I haven't seen you in a couple of days. Like what's going on? Yep. And then you were like, well, uh, we start a competition on the watches because you can do like the seven day challenge things on the Apple watches. Yeah. And I was like, all right, like, this will, this is, you know, this is what I need to, you know, get back out there. Like, yeah, yeah I'm on leave, but like David Goggins says, like, no one cares. Like, time doesn't care that today's Christmas or today's New Year's or whatever the case is. Like, mm-hmm. time doesn't care. It's still going to go on. So you might as well make the most of it. Um, yeah. So. I was like, you know what? Let's do it. So I sent you the seven-day challenge, and uh, the next morning, Tuesday morning, I went out for a little. I initially only had planned on doing a four-mile run around the airfield. I was uh, I was in a fl- around in Florida. So I ran around, and I was holding like a ten thirty pace, just you know, trying to keep it like light and easy, and just holding uh, holding that pace. Got to the four-mile marker, and I was just like you're good like turn around and so I was like let's do it like I've never ran anything over five miles consecutively so I turned around I was like I'm gonna run the same route the, the other way ran the whole uh started running and I got to mile five and I was like all right hey like you know you're still good like and since you had just told me you're doing uh this uh it's the resolution run yeah 
10K. Yeah. Six miles, 6.2. During our conversation on Monday, he had told me he was doing this uh, this 10K. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I had been putting in 40, 50 mile weeks already. Yeah. And because he told me he was put, uh, he was doing his 10K, I was like, oh, well, that's a 6.2. And I didn't uh, I didn't remember what day he told me he was going to run this this 10K. So I was like, oh, whenever I come down to Houston, we'll go for a run. And, uh, you know, we'll run this the 6.2. Mm-hmm. So as I was on mile five, I was going towards mile six. And I was like, oh, okay, you know what? I'll just run to, I'll hit the 6.2 marker and I'll just, you know, you know, start bringing my heart rate down and just walk it back. Well, I hit the 6.2 and I was like, like you're okay like you're starting to feel your knees are starting to ache a little bit feet starting to hurt yeah so i was like no i just gotta go down to that corner and then from that corner go to enough to the other corner and then a little like quarter mile stretch back to the house and i was like well let's just make it to the end of the street we'll, we'll hit mile seven and you know we'll walk from there we'll yeah. hit mile seven and i was like you're still good so i was like let's just finish it out so <laughs> Ran all the way back to the house, hit my eight miles, and yeah, I was, I was, I was proud of myself, but I was also kind of like, uh, when I say disappointed, I don't mean as in like, like that I could have did more, but I was disappointed in myself that like I had never like put myself into those deep waters, kind of like how David Goggins again, like you know, talks about in his books where if you if you never put yourself into those deep waters of knowing what you can and can't do. And when it's time to actually put yourself in there, like you're gonna start doubting yourself, and you're not gonna like you're not gonna continue, you're not gonna finish it. Yeah, if you don't prepare for battle, when battle comes, when it's going to, yeah, you're, you're gonna not ready. Yeah, you're not ready. Yeah. You gotta prepare yourself because you prepare yourself, not because something else is coming. You know, you 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 do the groundwork because mm-hmm. that's gonna come. Yeah, it's so funny when you uh, had sent. Uh, I had seen. I think you sent me a screenshot of yeah, it. Yeah. I forget what I was doing. I don't know if I was even running at that time. I may have been driving or running. Don't know which one. Either way, I laughed so hard. I was like, this guy. Like, I was like, it's so funny. You actually went and ran. Um, when we got off the phone, you actually went and ran that day too. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Okay, so you actually went and ran that day. And I think the next day you even went and yeah. ran that. Yeah. That when eight we mile. got off the phone, that's when I did the four miles. My first four. It was the the four miles. Yeah, you went four miles that Monday, and then Tuesday you go run that eight, mm-hmm. and I just laughed hard. I was like, because I think that day, because uh, that Monday I had just pulled off a, I just did nine miles, and then the next day I was doing five, mm-hmm. and then it was gonna be eight the next, and then whatever, and so I, I had it got the text message, and I was like, this guy, I love it because. It's just so funny. I love seeing it because it's like it's just our relationship, man. Yeah. It's always been like that. Like, uh, you know, it's even if like we go golf alone, it's like, hey, man, by the way, I shot this. Or like, you, it's like a try to lower our scores if we're there. You know what I mean? Like if we're playing, competing against each other. That's how we're always like, hey, like you have like you, have, you have like oh you have like 123 yards to defend. Yeah, oh, I got like 118. Yeah, I'm gonna have a few less yards, but I got five dollars, so I'll be close. To yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just talking, just talking, just talking mess. mess. I, yeah. I, I think it's so healthy, man. When you get to that, uh, you get in that relationship where find somebody that helps drive you. Yeah, not only just your your wife or a, a a significant other, but outside of that, yeah, you know, even inside of that, like the family, like with your your kids, let that be your driving force. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying you want to be healthy. Had you had continue that route. You were going to die probably at an early age due to all that uh, unhealthiness. Um, 
because you know you know you want to be able to see like your 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 kids kids you know what i'm saying like you want to be a longevity life i hear a lot of people say i don't want to live until that long but it's like that is such a negative way to live life where here comes here here comes the day that you actually you know do have to pass like you're laying on your deathbed and you do have you know a significant other Mm -hmm. and you do have kids there and you're like man i really wish i still had more time with you yeah yeah i wish i would have put in and i i you're 80 years old or you're let's say even 70 yeah, I, I wish I would have lived a healthier lifestyle because I probably could kick in another 10, 15 years mm-hmm. and I don't want to lose out on this time. Exactly. You know, I want more time. That's what we all want. We want more time. We're on borrowed time, but we always want more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just funny, man, because you sent me that and uh, that kicked me in to obviously keep pushing with my stuff because I'm like, oh, Thomas is coming. And Thomas always comes. You always come for me. It's so funny and it keeps me going. And uh, it's, it's funny. We did our uh, Spartan race last year yeah. together and my first one my first one too yeah and then we uh signed up we have one coming up in march mm-hmm. two. which march is our second one well we have two thir- of them we have technically three that, we well, that weekend and then we have two from the following Spartan week Race. Yeah. yeah so tough mutter is in austin the week before mm-hmm. and then we in houston the, the following and weekend the 5k. the 5k and then the 10k yeah, yeah 10k and then 5k uh was it 10k saturday and then 5k sunday sunday yeah so, um, if y'all want to join, let us know, yeah. reach out to, you know, reach out to me or reach out to Thomas and then we'll, we'll send you the invite and, uh, that way you can, uh, come run with us. If you're trying to challenge yourself this year, yeah. you know, just do the 5k it's uh 20 obstacles, the Spartan race, uh, three miles. Um, we'll pace it with you. Yeah. you know, no pushing. But it, it requires it's not you about the pace. It's about the completion, about the completion, about getting it done and then just building off of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, but it's also about the friendship. It's yeah. about the camaraderie. It's about um, that, pushing that, that like runners high you get after finishing a race. the race is it's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. Like, yeah, you can't. Like today, no amount of like no drugs, no alcohol has ever made me feel as good as it did, and when I finished that five k. Yeah, maybe other than the birth of your children, <laughs> obviously. But I get what you yeah. say. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't. It's a uh, euphoric, yeah. um, like you get like a it's like a shot of huge yeah. adrenaline. Yeah. And the whole time though, during it, you're just like, and like I love that Spartan. Um, beginning whenever he said you today you will be mentally spiritually and your body spirit and your mind whatever all of it is going to be challenged Mm -hmm. to its degree look to the person to the left of you to the right of you they will be your and it's just like he's hyping you up and it's like it's so true because that's what we went through you know it was just like man how the hell am i going to get through this obstacle and then what's the next one and then you're approaching another obstacle and you're like, I remember I gotta carrying pick up, the 35 there you pound go. bag on your back, on my back, yeah. up the hill. Yeah. And I remember like, man, I cannot wait for this to be over. <laughs> like I hated every, I can see it on your face. I hated every step. And the worst, like the worst part about it was, is like, because the trails were ver- like really narrow, yeah, they like were. you couldn't control your own pace. You had to go off of whoever was in front of you. Mm-hmm. So if they were like going extremely slow, it only made it worse for you. Yeah, because you couldn't speed through it. Yeah. Which you- remember we ran. And I remember we ran into that road bump. It was like three chicks, and I was just like, 
can y'all move like and, and you remember where, where they stopped the first time was at the steepest part of the, of the hill. hill yes and there was like there, like the rocks that you had to like climb up on they were only like maybe two three inches like wide the, yeah or like like you know for you to step on yeah it wasn't so yeah both of us standing there on these two three inch rocks with this 35 pound bag on on your back and this is like maybe two miles into the race already so you're already tired yeah and i remember it's like just standing there we're just like please please go please take a step please take a step and they would just stand there with the bags and they're just they're not moving but they're just standing there and i know like they're tired and they're trying to like rest and like so that way they have the energy to finish absolutely but it was just like because we, like we had to stand there and do have the same like mm -hmm. please go <laughs> please go yeah like one when, when i finally was able to put that bag down i was like man like i'm exhausted yeah i'm just gassed so after this uh marathon that i'm doing in a couple of weeks uh because right now i'm like stupid like i'd say stupid skinny but dude i lost 20 pounds in a month Hey, I don't know if good. you know that, but I, I did. I was at 186 uh, in November, and now I'm down to 167. I waited the other day. That's, that's my goal for January. Is what you started at was 186. Yeah, or really 185 because you know, I'll make it, sure it's a weird number like 186. I'll make sure you get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, and just you know, just like how you came. Uh, I want to before I go into it. Yeah, it's so crazy because you ran last week on um. Tuesday. on tuesday well monday four miles two miles i mean eight miles on tuesday then you drive from florida here to houston mm -hmm. nine hour drive eight hour drive but not only that eight hour drive is cool but when you're dealing with having traffic and louisiana i-10 traffic and then you're you have all this rain and stuff that you went through where you're going 40 miles an hour can't see nothing past your windshield and only the white line and it's just it makes it that more stressful and you got kids i guess people who travel with kids can obviously understand that i travel with dogs so i understand that you got to pull Basically off kids. you got to pull off a lot let them pee then you got to go pee and then uh and i'm telling you like hey man i called you the day before and i was like uh you're gonna be in town i was like yeah i was like dude i'm running uh 16 miles tomorrow i would love it if you could just pace me um with the bike i got a bike and uh you know i would like it if you know if you, if you could just pace me, be in front of me, and I'll just, you know, pace me out. And you so were like, uh, this phone call that you're talking about. Yeah. I had just got to the Texas border. Mm -hmm. I had already went through Alabama, went through Mississippi, went through Louisiana. I was at the Texas border. I called you when I got to the border. Yeah. And this is where you tell me what you're about to tell me. Yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, I was like telling you, can you, can you pace me on that bike? And you were like, uh, no, actually, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll run it with you. And I was like, <laughs> I almost like looked at the phone like, huh? And because uh, you had just told me like pretty much eight miles was one of the longest runs you've ever pulled off, like in a, in a in a in a one setting. Yeah. Right. It was the longest. Yeah. And um, so I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, OK, we're talking about doubling this, you know, most miles that he's ever ran in his life within less than a week after driving anyone who's drove a a, a a, a more than five hour four hour drive understands how exhausting that is it's like drive it's like flying on a plane you mm -hmm. get just you're just jet lagged yeah so not then, to mention i was not drinking water because i didn't want to have to stop and pee <laughs> yeah exactly right so then i'm i'm like i'm like man i'm like 
I'm asking a lot. It's not even asking a lot. It's his choice. So, uh, I, you get in, I forget in the evening time and mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm doing the math and I'm like, man, he's going to get in the evening yeah. time and I hear about 6 PM. Yeah. And I'm like, things and die down and then have to wake up at six o'clock get to my house by seven seven thirty or yeah by seven and then i'm just thinking like that's just asking a lot out of this guy and i'm so i'm like but i'm like hey he said yeah he committed i i trust your word all the time because you never really gave me any reason not to so i'm like i know tom is gonna be there just don't know how that 16 miles is gonna go so i I didn't either we didn't actually both of us didn't so you know you get here at seven right on the dot if not before and i'm still getting dressed and uh you know i I just pretty much got up and i'm I'm getting dressed and we're going through the i'm going through the motions of just like quite honestly i was nervous and uh i was actually tired i had went out the night before and was bowling and i was my active recovery day so i had just golfed the day before and then now i'm bowling i'm trying to get my muscles loosened because i'm on like mile 30 by now 32 for the week and i'm just tired myself man Mm -hmm. and uh (laughs) we get to going man we get to going and um we we did the first four and a half which by the way it was like a spartan race because of all the water and trails that we had to run around and run through and then you know we go four and a half four four miles down four miles back we're talking the whole time uh pacing it out really well mm-hmm. and i was shocked i was like damn it seems like thomas uh does this you've done it before it seemed like right and I'm just thinking like, and I think it was helpful because we were just kind of distracting each other, yeah. but I'm not going to lie for a little bit there. I wish I was talking because when I was talking, I wasn't thinking. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you were talking, I was like, damn, I'm thinking about this run. <laughs> and I was like, I wish I could talk right now. Cause it seems easier whenever I talk. Right. So then I'm thinking, well, I wonder what he's thinking right now. But then I'm also thinking, well, I can't not show out in front of Thomas cause you know, I, I'm, the, I'm the one doing this and I've been training for this and he hasn't. And there's no way in hell I'm going to have somebody who ain't doesn't train show me out. So I'm going to have to show him. And then so but it's a camaraderie thing of like, nah, it's, it's my boy, too. And I'm not trying to defeat him, uh, you know, because he's here. I don't even know if I could I, I would have been able to do it, but you made it that much more easier on me. And you understood my uh, goal. I had told you, I said, I want to run this 12-minute pace, give or take 30 seconds over or under the whole time. And at times, you were trying to lead the pace a little bit more and yeah. go a little bit quicker. I was quicker. trying to push you at the 11.30. You were trying to push me 11.30, 11, and I was just like being very stubborn to that 12, just steady, steady, steady. And uh, anyways, we get back to the crib. We replenish real quick, head back out. And um, that's when the race began. Yeah, I think the race didn't. Yeah, the race began pretty much then yeah. because the first eight seemed like that was a breeze. Like, like it was just like a two like mile a walk in the park. It felt like a two mile run. Yeah, like so real easy. easy. Yeah, but then when we took that break and we went to that eight, as mm-hmm. soon as we started that eight, I could feel it in my legs. Like okay, yeah, they're screaming. This yeah. is gonna be a this is gonna be a fun one. Yeah, my knees started like really aching. My calves started getting really tight. Uh huh. I was, yeah, I was hurting. Yeah, I knew you were. And so 
it was just funny. So to fast forward it, forward it, we get to, well, we could fast forward it to like mile 13 yeah. or 14. We'll go to 14, right? Yeah. So mile 14, two miles left to finish the 16 for the day. Uh, we were going to, we had just walked a mile because we agreed on 13. We were going to walk the mile and then walk, run the last two. Walked a mile to make sure you can hold the, the same pace all the way through for the last two miles. For, for the last two. That was the game plan. And we were sticking to the game plan. Even though I wanted to run through it, mm-hmm. I, it was the game plan. Like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Practice like, practice the game day. Right. And so I was like, all right. Well, when we get to mile 14, we go to take those few steps. And out of the corner of my eye, I see you hop. And it wasn't, it was... uh. It it shocked me. It scared the hell out of me because I was like, damn, I just not me, but like, you know, he got hurt. And then um, you told me like, hey, I'm cramping. Like if I keep going, this just this isn't going to work, you know, but um, I was proud of you because I know you said that you were upset, but I was proud of you because, you know, that that's not easy, bro. You literally would four miles last week on monday then eight and now you're trying to double your stuff but it just showing your your mental of how determined and dedicated you're trying to be from what you showed me you know what i'm saying and that's what drives you is like i don't want to be that and if it means me being out here or having a friend or someone who's gonna drive me to be that and i just finished running you had every reason to be like i ran i mean i just finished a nine hour eight hour drive i'm exhausted then I'm gonna have to drive back to hood and and that's gonna be a three hour, four hour drive. And I wanna spend time with family and friends. And then it's just like- Not to mention that, that, so I got here on Thursday, we ran on Friday. Exactly, the next day. Yeah, Yeah. so we ran on Friday. Well, I went to bed that night around like nine, 10 Mm o'clock. And I woke up multiple times throughout the night. Most people with kids understand like you're gonna wake up multiple times throughout the night. Well, here comes three o'clock and three o'clock oh, hit yeah. and it i don't know what happened i just could not go back to sleep didn't like i could get comfortable but for some reason like just could not go to sleep so i'm up from three all the way until it was six twenty, and i was like all right like this is what time i have to leave so that way i can be at set uh, at says by six fifty. yeah because if i'm here by six fifty, then if you're already ready to go at seven you know you can do your stretch out and we'll go mm-hmm so I left and the entire time I'm like, man, like this is going to be a, a tough one. Like never ran this far ever. Never like before Tuesday, I had never run anything over five miles. So I just ran eight. And then, you know, three days later, or Wednesday, Thursday, yeah, three days later, I'm running, I'm trying to run 16. And uh, when we got to mile 14, I like, I started to run that mile, uh, started to run from 14 to 15 that mile point and when i hit when i felt both i felt the right one try to cramp up first and i let go and i felt the, the left like half try to cramp up and then let go but i just got could start, just could just feel like how it just felt like the the muscles were just tightening harder and harder and harder and i was like like the next cramp is going to be like the big one where it, like i'm gonna have to like you know stretch it out i'm not gonna be able to do it and i was like hey like like you know i just not gonna be good for us like i'm not gonna be able to finish right you know i I, like i told you go ahead and finish like you know this is like this is your run you know and the entire time i walked back i told you it's like 
you were like, hey, I can pick you up in a truck. And I was like, no. I was like, I'll walk till my, until you know, till my legs cramp. Like, that was my favorite thing. Because yeah. well, I gave you a hug, and I was just like, and and uh, just because this is how I am, man. It took everything in me to hold back, like, a, like crying or, like, having, like, tears of joy come out of just, like, my relationship with you, of who you, what you mean to me as a person, uh, to have you involved in my life. I mean, it it you it just means so much and i was like this dude's out here he don't have to be out here i could have been doing this shit myself and he's here to not only for his intentions but to support me and what i'm doing and, and it meant a lot and that's why i gave you a hug i was like man i'm proud of you like you know fuck that like what you're saying about you're disappointed you should have finished it out or whatever it's like nah man take some pride in that and then just do do your inventory on like the run and now let's lead up to it and work our way up to that 16 again to where now 16 doesn't seem that difficult and and so when you gave me the green light to go I went and I even yeah when I asked you I said I can go get the truck and speed home get the truck and come back and get you're like nah I'm not going to I'll walk up my legs I'm gonna walk home I was like bet he's that determined so I run home and I finished out my 16 and I was like, cause like in Goggins book, he said his pacer, um, wanted to run like a 50 miler. Mm -hmm. And so he finished the race, goes back out into the track and gets them. So, but I always used to do that. Even when we used to do bear crawls in like school and stuff, if I finished out my hundred and then like, I'm not gonna say the people's names, but the bigger kids, they would be doing their bear crawls or their snakes and they'd be dying i'd run to the very end with them and finish it out with them like come on bro like let's get it right mm -hmm. so i was like i know what he's going through i know mentally so i'm gonna get let me get this body armor let me get the uh the fit, uh, aid. Uh, the fit aid you know battery the battery acid, acid. <laughs> yeah get this battery acid and go meet him out there and then something told me nah grab the keys and go pick him up like you know you should like he's tired he's cramping don't make him You've been in that position because I, I was in that position. I stopped at mile 13 one time, too, and I had an Uber come pick me up. And it was like 30 miles per hour wind outside. It was cold as hell. My gloves were all wet. My beanie was all wet. It was all just cold and just disgusting. I quit and I knew what that did to me. Mm -hmm. And that's what went through my thought process. But but I got the drinks and I came running back and we walked it in and you know, it's so funny when I took off, it just made me think of like, that's our life and uh, that's our relationship. You know, we're in two different, same mind state, two different worlds, two different seasons, two different relationships, however you look at it. It's like with you, you already have your family established. You have a wife established, a great one, amazing one. You have amazing, beautiful children. You're already in that that season. I haven't even started that race, right? Mm -hmm. Me on a fitness journey, I'm already starting that race. I've already kicked that into overdrive. But as I'm helping you or you helping, like I'm helping you in that sense, but not even just as we're matching our mentality. Well, whenever I decide to have a family, I'm looking over at mm -hmm. like how you do with your family. And it's going to kick me into drive to be that good man or to be that good, you know, father to my children or something like that. And so I was thinking, it's just so funny. Cause it's like, well, go ahead. said, I'm not going to hold you back. And then I'd say the same to you, Thomas, don't come back to Houston. Like I love, I even said, I'd love to have you back in Houston. Cause we'd be doing this stuff all the time, every day running different. Uh, you probably would have ran the 10 K with I me would've. today. 
you know, like all this stuff. But it's like, no, man, you have your own life to live. I have my own life to live. I'm going to support you and be there as much as I can from you from a distance. But like, we're just, that's just what you, we, you have to embody and get into your circle. You know, does it align with what you're trying to do in life? Are they helping you out in life? Are they healthy to your life? Are your friends dragging you down in life? And if they are, doesn't mean cut them off, but maybe have a conversation with them of like, Hey man, cause they're going to mean a lot to you. They're your mm -hmm. friends, but like, how do we get better? You know, are you really happy? Like, what do we do to start helping each other out? Cause you know, no matter how you look at it, yeah, we're in different races, but we're in the same race together. And it's like, let's, let's finish this race out together. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't have picked you up because I, I told you, I said, well, you screwed up because you told me not to. Otherwise, mm -hmm. if you hadn't told me not to, I would have took it upon myself to come pick you up. But you said, nah, you know who I felt talking to me? old Thomas from like eight years old. Yeah. Cause you were so emotional at that time. And I was like, it's like, I love that dude. I, I miss old Thomas. Cause it's like, man, that was such a youth <laughs> answer. Cause what? He, but, he was like, but, nah, go get, don't get the truck. Yeah. I'm gonna finish this out. I'm like, dude, my yeah. guy, I, you're like limping back home. <laughs> like, and that's what I was going to say is like, if like looking back on it now is, and after talking through everything so far, yeah. I've, I realized that me being disappointed in myself like that was the old me coming back out, it which was, was you know, I didn't like, I, I demanded everything from myself. Yeah. So knowing that like, I've never even attempted anything that far for a run and then, you know, not doing it, being disappointed in myself. That's that old me coming back out of like, no, there's no excuse. Like, if you can't do this, then why do you, why do you think you're going to make any, like, wh how do you think you're going to be able to run a marathon eventually? If you can't run this 16 a day with Cedric, you're going to go back to looking like that. Yeah. And that's not the case. And that's so funny that you realize that because I think that is beautiful mm -hmm. because, uh, yeah, man, you, you did it, bro. You did 16 more than uh, anybody else did that day. Yeah. I remember, you know, I remember from once I started walking, so when we made it back to the house, I remember every step of those two miles, I hated everything. Yeah. I hated just thinking about like, you know, oh man, I got to take this and I got to move my left foot and I got to move my right foot. I hated every step. I hated every second of it. And I remember thinking like, man, I only have to go, you know, 1.1 more miles. Mm -hmm. Like, and like looking down the road, like, okay, I just have to make it to that stop sign. I can make this left every step from there just seemed like it got progressively worse and worse and worse and harder yeah. and everything was just like man just like just sit down like sit down you know rest and then you know five ten minutes from now get up and you can just walk it there and i was like like i want to like and i thought about it so many times where i was just like no just when you sit down by the time you're like you're able to get back up you're not going to want to get back up. Yeah, or you could already have been there. Yeah, and I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, by the time you get up, yeah. and you know, it's 10, 15 minutes from now, you could already been back at the house. You could have already been there. Yeah, and then it could have sat down, stretched uh -huh. everything out. Been completely recovered. Been okay. Just keep pushing yourself. Yeah. And not to mention, yeah. you know, you know, the very next day you go run your, run your 10K. Today. And yeah, today. Because I ran 17 yesterday. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, today I go run the 10K. But I, before I get into that, um, it was, it was just, 
it's awesome that you realize that because that's what you start all this for. You're not starting it to look good. It just naturally, like I've said, it comes with the human body of science of how our body works when you burn calories and you work out. Mm -hmm. It's just the good looking body comes, yeah. right? Or whatever good looking means to you. Yeah. But the, the, the skinniness, the fitness, it all comes, right? Um, but you said earlier it was the mentality. It was just your mental what you, what you were doing it for. And, and now it threw you back into a world being on mile 14 cramping and stuff that I'm back in this mental state of how did mile 14 running send me back to what were 10 years ago or even almost 20 years ago mm -hmm. when I was eight, like, how did that happen? And we talked about while we were running my, like my running with thoughts, whenever I talked to my notes, mm -hmm. you told me like, there's some crazy thoughts that go through your head when you're running. And it's just so funny that it made you realize that, but had you had not you and put yourself in those suffering states, you would have never have even thought that, man, that person's still there. I mean, you probably know he's still there, but it's just like, wow, this suffering that I just put myself through this, this tough 14 mile run after already running my, you know, whatever, trying to double my most miles I've ever run in my life in one day mm -hmm. or one sitting, um, is sending me back to that. And then it's like, well, no, this is exact. I sh some people are going to take it two ways. One, either I don't like that. I'm not going to do it no more. It's like, hey, I realize it put me there and I don't want to go back to that. I want to keep running that. I want to keep running that demon away. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill that demon out of me, you know, and, and push it out of me. And I think that's what, what we, it is what we're doing this year. That's what 2023 is about. Yeah. That's why I did today. Today I was running and uh, I, I didn't feel good. When I woke up, I was everything in me procrastinating to get out of bed. And I was like, said, you said you're going to do it. And your family probably thinks you're not going to go run this run. You didn't go out for New Year's. Uh, you stayed at home for New Year's. You were trying to get to sleep before, you know, and you didn't go drink. You don't drink. But like you're what are you going to do? You're going to put up and shut up. Yeah. You know, Thomas is going to text you tomorrow. You just ran 17. You know, you ain't got to do it. And then it's just like, well, how do you want your year to go? And then and screw the whole new year thing. Like, I've been doing this before, a couple months before. Do you want to, like, it doesn't matter. Like like I've said, these podcasts don't matter if I don't keep doing them. Mm -hmm. These efforts don't matter. I should have never even started it in the first place. You know, like, why did I even start? Yeah. You know, and uh, it was, you know, I took off at that starting line and, um, it started with the casual. Let's just just finish it and get through it. But I'm like, nah, man, it's 2023, dude. It's a, it is a new year. Let's put that in that mind state. How do you want to finish out this year? And it's like, or how do yeah, finish out the year already on day one. How do you want to finish out the year? Mm -hmm. How are we starting this? And it's like, I'm finishing this year by testing my limits. And what came into my head was the run with you. And you told me, Cedric, you still had some in the tank at mile, I think, uh, 12 before we stopped on that last mile, I think I pushed like an 11 minute pace yeah. and I was like, I, and then even on that 14th mile, when you gave me the green light, I got to a 10 minute something pay, I think 1049 under 11 pace. And so you're like, you still have it in the tank and I get what you're doing. You're pacing it out for the full marathon, but you got it in you. Yeah. And those thoughts started playing in my head. So this is game day. It's game day. So yeah. So it's like, okay. So then, but so this is today, this morning I'm running and I'm on like mile and a half out of the six and I'm like, I'm seeing these people pass me. And then this voice in my head is just constantly saying, Cedric, you can, 
you got a lot in you, bro. What are you made of? This is competition. That's why I only. That's why I did it today because I wanted to put myself in a competition environment before I get mm-hmm. to the uh, fit, no matter how because I could have done the five k because I knew I was gonna do the seventeen before. But to finish out my 50 mile week, I needed to needed do six miles. Yeah, I needed the 10K. <laughs> Funny how it works. Yeah. So I signed up for that 10K. And, uh, you know, a mile and a half, I see these people passing me that, no offense, shouldn't be passing me. And uh, and I'm like, nah, this ain't happening. I'm going to catch them. And so I took off. I hadn't told you this part, but... Um, I ran, you go back and look at my fitness activity. I ran five miles in an hour, maybe like 5.3 or four at the most in an hour. Cause I'm doing that pace, mm-hmm. that 12 minute pace. I was just trying to run for a straight hour. I was trying to get myself used to running for a straight hour, a straight hour and 30 minutes. Cause that's what the eight miles is. Subsequently it's eight miles for me right now at that pace. And yeah. then I was going to walk and then another hour, 30 straight jogging and then walk. And then I'm trying to systematically get it right for this, for this particular race is what I'm doing. And then, um, so I had never done six miles, which six miles at a 10 minute pace is one hour. Mm-hmm. Right. And yours, like said, your voice is my, I haven't picked up yet. And your voice is in my head said, you could pull off a 10 minute pace easily, easily. You got and the I, gas in the tank. You get empty the, yeah, you got some gas in the tank. You can empty that. Like, you know, and I was thinking, you know what? I'm about to prove that shit. Like, let's go. So I picked up the pace, bro. Then I hear my, I hear, cause uh, one of them said 10 minute, 30 seconds. Well, the first one was 946 and then it was like 1037 or something like that. And then that's when it started kicking in. And then I was like, I did the next one. And it was like 950. And I was like, well, still 10 seconds off. Like, cause of the, I got to get it back to 10 and then mm-hmm. go under. Right. Man, I started booking it. And then as I'm booking it, I know they can hear my feet coming. So as I'm trailing them, it was, I played a game. And it took me back to whenever I used to run daily. And uh, I used to run at Strawberry Park, the mile. Mm-hmm. And what I used to play a game was catch the rabbit. So the rabbit was whoever was in front of me, no matter how far you were in front of me. Mm-hmm. If you were a mile a half, or sorry, if you were a half a mile in front of me and I could see you, I'm going to catch you. And <laughs> so it was catch the rabbit all over again. And so I started cat. I mean, it went from catching up the two dudes that had their shirt off. I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to let those guys beat me. And then uh, a guy in a lime green shirt, and it was just the most pettiest shit in the world because I was like, I hate that shirt on you. Like, <laughs> And it's pissing me off seeing you in front of me, so I'm going to pass you up, and only I can wear lime green or whatever. Like, I had like these stupid, very petty, competitive thoughts coming in my head. Got to hit Cedric- him with that David Goggins right off the shoulder pad. Cedric was coming out, bro, and he was there. He was live and well. And then there was like, it was like, uh, this, this is how it goes, man. It was like this old lady in front of me. I was like, hell no. I go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was just like, it says so like said, you know, there's more, I, I get what you're doing. There's a pace, but there's more in you than you think. And you tell everybody to dig deeper into yourself and to find more within yourself. But you're not even doing it right now yourself. You are because you're doing a marathon in itself is going to be a great accomplishment, but this is just this is right now. Let's be in the present. That's that's two weeks from now. Can you get through this and push this pace without injuring yourself? Yes, I can. Okay. As long as you don't injure yourself, it's okay to go ahead and be that dumbass, like pretty much right now. And so I I took off and uh I and then it after I passed the lime green shirt guy and the old lady, 
uh, it came to, can you pass up 10 people? And then it was like, I passed up those 10 and then I seen another fresh 10 and I was like, let's pass up them 10. And then it just, it was just, it just went from there and then we finished by then. Um, but it was pretty cool, man. It, it was, it was a good experience of like, just, just pushing and, and getting it done and doing what you're saying. Um, yeah, we'll go ahead and, and wrap it up. Um, so Tom, dude, I appreciate you coming on, dude. So, uh, you know, if somebody is, uh, wanting to get into the military, they have any military questions, you know, where can they reach you at? And, uh, well, like on Instagram, do you, what's your Instagram uh, tag? So on Instagram, my handle is dadbod.bjj. So just D-A-D-B-O-D period BJJ. Dadbod. Dadbod BJJ. BJJ. Yeah. And uh, what are some questions that you can answer for them if they have any? Uh, if you have questions about joining the military, if you, uh, you don't want to talk to a recruiter, like going into an office, like if you don't want to feel the pressure or anything like that, um, recruiters are trained not to pressure you in any way. However, if you don't want to talk to a recruiter because you just want to, you know, just put some further questions out, you can uh, hit me up on Instagram. Um, you can, if you have me on Facebook, whatever, name's Thomas Morgan. You can message me on there. Uh, if if uh, you want to message me personally, um, you can uh, reach out to Sed and uh, he'll, uh, he can give you my number. Yeah. And you can feel free to ask me whatever you like. Um, like again, I'm have nine years of experience. I'm going on year ten. Um, been there. I've done most of it. Yeah. I've been around the world again for free. And the army does pay for your family to go around the world with you. And you have education. Have free? education, uh, medical, and everything else. <laughs> um, I know earlier I did talk about having uh, some toxic leadership, but it's not always just like that. Um, one of the leaders that, as you said, how you were talking about earlier, where you saw that I went from, you know, being like basically single task minded to being able to analyze multiple outcomes at one point and then picking the best one that actually came from one of the leaders. I've had it in the military and it's from my first unit at the time. It's uh, Captain Brian Marquez. He's uh, now a major and uh, he's doing great things. Awesome. Uh, shout out to him. But mm -hmm. um. Uh, yeah, there are great leaders in the military that will take care of you, not just personally, but they, they can help you in many ways, whether it's mentally, physically, whether it's emotionally, um, whether you need to you need to help mature more. Like There are leaders there and everyone as a leader is trying to mentor, uh, train and develop. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of our, our thing as being uh, non-commissioned officers and just leaders in general. But if you do have questions, feel free to reach out. I can uh, answer whatever you like or whatever you have questions about. And if I can't, then I will find someone who does have that answer and I will get that answer for you. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think uh, the only thing I would other want to say is remember, um, life, like I've been talking about, life is a race, but it's not about the pace. It's about completion. Set your goals. Make sure you um, do the right things to be able to obtain those goals. Don't right. just set a goal of saying, I want to be a millionaire, I want to hit it by the end of the year. But then you don't set up the, the precursor steps to get there. Right. There are some, you know, um, some tasks that have to be completed before you can just become a millionaire. It's not just like, hey, I'm just going to do the same thing I've been doing for the last five years and I'm just going to be a millionaire by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So uh, make sure that you, you know, set goals for yourself. Make sure you can 
set up the steps that you need to be able to hit those goals and uh, don't give up on yourself. Yeah, talk to somebody who's already been there or has done it to get an idea mm -hmm. of how to do so. Remember, you don't have to do it alone. Um, being in the military has uh, opened my eyes to a lot of mental health issues that we have, uh, not just across the military force, but overall in normal civilian education or mm -hmm. civilian um, life in itself. Mm -hmm. um, 22 um, veterans a day uh, normally kill themselves. So if you ever have any mental health issues, please reach out to somebody. Somebody will always be there for you. Um, not just if you're a veteran, but anybody in general. There's always help out there. Make sure you get the help that you need. And uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Thank you for that. And uh, glory be to God. Yeah, glory be to God. I just want to say uh, thank you so much for coming on, dude. I really, honestly, it is a it's a true pleasure and honor to have you in my life and to have you on and to call you a friend. Yeah, I love you, brother. Yeah, I love you too, man. And uh, just because you you ran, you, like I said, you came from Florida, come here, we do the running together, then you make the time. I mean, you're leaving, what, tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow morning. Leaving tomorrow morning, You and you could be with your family right now, but you're choosing to come here, and it just shows the true friendship that you have and just the true person. You are the good friend that you are, man. I really appreciate you yeah. and value you and love you brother yeah. love you too brother and uh, value our friendship more than <laughs> more than you know yeah absolutely man so i look forward to this year man it's gonna be a good one you're the first episode oh, yeah. of the year hey. and it was a good one and uh yeah y'all reach out to him if y'all have any questions thomas is a great man yeah. and uh, thanks brother i appreciate it love you dude yep all right Cool. Now we guys gotta do oh, that marathon together. Uh, yeah. You gotta do Thank y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Almost forgot. Uh, thank y'all for watching. Love yourself so you could go love someone else. All right. <laughs> Almost forgot it.